So, this is more of a thought that I put sort on source sheets because that's what I did. There is a famous machlokas when it comes to Hanukkah between Bishamai and Beishil. Who wants to tell me what it is? Anyone? Light the candle. Light the candle, exactly. Bishamai says, the base. Yom Rishon Madlik Shmonet, Mikan Ve'elech Pochus Ve'holech. We say Lomrim, Yom Rishon Madlik Achas, Mikan Ve'elech Mosef Ve'holech. Beishama says you start with eight, you go down to one, and Beishillel says you start with one, you go up to eight, which Rabbi Glass had a really nice idea about this past week. This is just a, a classic machlokas between Beishama and Beishillel. Found throughout Shas, they're constantly arguing about different things. Interestingly enough, the actual people, Shammai and Hillel, do not argue very often. It's Beishamai, the school of Shammai, and Beis Hillel. The Gemara in Erebin then says, source number two, this all comes to a head, where they're arguing and arguing and arguing, and it says it can't be, it can't be that we have these many arguments, we're not going, we're going we're gonna to have two Torahs in Kali Yisrael. This, these people are going to act like Shammai, these people are going to act like Hillel. What are we going to do? So Omar, Rabbi Abba, Omar, Shmuel, Shlosh Hashanah, Nechuk, Beishamai, for three years they fought, Hello, Amr, Halachik, Mosano. We said Halachas like us. Hello, Amr, Halachik, Mosano. We said Halachas like us. Yotas Abbasko, a heavenly voice emits from heaven, whatever that means. Amr, Eilu, Eilu, Divra, Eilu, Kimchayim. These and those are both the words of the living God. But we need to possibly, we need to adjudicate one way. Halachik, Abbas, Hello. And this introduces this concept of Eilu, Eilu, Divra, Eilu, Kimchayim. One is, by the way, Tosus points out, we don't poskinate Torah Labashmaimi. So really, Beishilu were just, there were just more Beishilu than there was Beishamai. It wasn't actually following this heavenly voice, whatever that exactly is, and different places you can find Tosus describes it more like uh, echo, a divine echo, but it wasn't, that's not really what it was. It's, we, Beishamai was more halacha karabim, that's the way, the normal process of halacha, not going according to the way a voice from heaven. The interesting thing, however, is this idea of Eilu Eilu. What does it mean to have Eilu Eilu? These and those are the words of the living God. Either it's right or it's wrong. Either what I'm doing is, you know, I'm drinking something that's kosher or I'm drinking something that's not kosher. Either I'm right, I'm lighting the menorah the right way or I'm lighting it the wrong way. The deal of these dual truths is kind of, it doesn't really sit well in our, with our, uh, you know, philosophically. What does that mean? We well, can have two truths that are different. In physics, of waves and pulses. Two things can be both true and not mutually exclusive. Okay, so that's what, let's take that approach. We're going to take that approach again. This is a much longer discussion. There are many different answers. How can you have two different truths, right? Either, either. So if you're right, either your mother tells you you clean your room, or she says don't clean your room. How could you say both? All right, Ela Ela doesn't make any sense. Especially we're talking about the Torah. We're not talking about some random, some random American law. We're talking about the Torah here. The God said this was God's command, or this was not God's command, right? Oh, well, here this is all the robot. Called their bunnik and their Yeah, but they made up the rules. They break up the rules. However, called their bunnik and their isotiknim. They have to follow that. They have to follow that principle. Oh, so this is what the Maharal says, and I think it's 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 it's, it's fascinating. It's a little bit along the lines of Elliot was saying, but really it's helpful because it's, it gives us a real insight into in, into life, and it will also help us understand the base shaman base This is a goal. It's found in Chagiga. Abir Harishim Omer Bala Asifos. He says, this is source number one again. We uh, started over. 
It's impossible that man can all think exactly the same way. It's impossible that there's not going to be deviance, there's not going to be variation in the terms of the way man thinks. It's just, it's, it's just people are different, we have different things, different makeups, we think differently. We're, everyone is an individual and everyone's going to think differently. There's no way to say we're all cookie cutter thinking the same exact way. That's Orwellian or Brave New World, you know, whatever you want to look at it. A utopia or dystopia, it's not possible. He called Dover, but Dover, Eesher, Shloy, Hey, Bechino, Yosim, Achas, Dover, Echer. Shaaf, Im, Adover, Tommy, Yeshloy, Hey, Sad, Bechino, Altar, Shama. Bechino, Dover, Tar, Yeshloy, Hey, Lo, Bechino, Marshall, Tommy. He goes even deeper than that. That everything is complex. Everything, there's a multiple sides and everything's multifaceted. That even in Zangat's Tommy, it's impossible to say there's not going to be some bit of Tar in there. And even since it's pure, there's going to be something that's coming in there. Things are complex. Things are wider and broader than just simply saying yes, no, black, or white. And because we are all different, because we're all different, we're all going to pick up on different nuances. We're all going, there's different things that are going to speak to us. You know, if you look in this, uh, this famous poem, which is actually found in multiple different, multiple different cultures about the, the blind man and the elephant. Anyone familiar with this poem? The blind man and the elephant? There were six men of, in, in Dostin to learn much inclined to what to see an elephant, although they were all blind. That each by observation might satisfy his mind. The first approached the elephant and having to fall across his broad and sturdy side and began to fall. God bless me, but the elephant is like a wall. Right? Someone said, there's an elephant in town, so these five blind men are sitting around playing cards, whatever they're doing. Let's go, let's go check out this elephant. But they're blind. So the first guy feels the side, oh, it's, it's a wall. The second feels the tusk and says, wow, this is like a spear. The third man approaches it, and he feels the trunk, and he says, oh, no, it's actually a snake. And so, I, I cut up the rest of it, and so these men have endosed and disputed loud and long, each in his own opinion, exceedingly stiff and strong, though each was partly in the right, in all were in the wrong. I think that highlights what this morale is saying. In a way, we're all kind of the blind men. We all have our perspective, but we can't all see the full picture because the full picture is too broad for any one person. So each of us is like, oh, no, the elephant. The elephant's like this. And the other one's like, no, 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 the elephant's like that. Now, how does that play to us? And how does that talk about Elo the Elo? So I think one container of Zevin points this out, that the Machlokas Beishama Beishama wasn't some arbitrary Machlokas Beishama woke up one day and was like, I think that you have to light eight going down. Beishama says, I think, no, you have to write one to eight. And the reason for that is, case to be excited, because you know, we get less excited as we go on. We still we get more excited. But actually, it's a much deeper machlokas from Zevin, who was the, um, the author in Encyclopedia Tamudit, the beginning of it, originator of the project. He says it actually gets a much deeper approach, a much deeper idea about how these two individuals approach life. That they each of them, as the Maharal pointed out, have their own psychological makeup, their own way of approaching the world, and therefore they approach life differently. Beishamai said, I look at this menorah each day, the miracle is a little less. On day one, there's a miracle because there's a potential here for eight days of miracle. Or on day four, there's only four more days of miracle left. That I'm looking at the potential. I'm looking at the potential, and therefore, whenever that potential may be, I'm going to celebrate it, you know, corresponding to that. Each day of Hanukkah is a little less potential. Coming up is Tu When is Beishamai's Tu 
It's earlier. Just when the sap begins to go into the tree, when, when underground, the tree begins to reawake. Basil argues. I mean, he says basically that's the potential for the tree to, sorry, to rejuvenate. Basil argues, says, I don't look at the potential, I look at the here and now. On day one, a little miracle, whatever, Basil says question. On day eight, the biggest miracle, the here and now, look, it's been burning for eight days. To Mishvat, when is the actual the tree actually starting to rejuvenate? When the sap enters the branches. That what they're arguing about is not just a mere machlokah, so right versus wrong, but rather an approach to the world. The Shama is saying, look at the potential, and Hillel is saying, the here and now. The here and now. And I think why this is helpful, because so often, especially in the world we live in, everything has become very black and white. Either you're right or you're wrong. Either you vote this way or you vote that way. Either you think about things this way or that way. And what, and what Shama is reminding us is, life is complex. And sometimes it's not about a right or wrong, but rather about different underlying values and where do you place primacy? And where, how do you weigh those values? And what, where, where do you place emphasis on them? And therefore, we can both believe the same thing, but I believe a certain value perhaps deserves more emphasis, and you believe one deserves less emphasis. And therefore, it can lead to different conclusions. Rabbi Benar has pointed out, therefore, this is again source number one. This is not because Beishilo had an agenda of leniency and Beishamah wanted stringency. Rather, as Maral pointed out, God created people to think differently and endowed each of us with his own personality, perspective, and way of thinking. Beis Hillel were spiritually optimists who naturally saw the good in everything and appreciated the aspect of permissibility in various halakhic questionable matters. Beishami, on the other hand, were neutral pessimists, natural pessimists, who saw the authentic aspect of spiritual danger in various halakhic matters. Any person or school can, by definition, only see part of the truth. And God created each of us to be able to recognize a different aspect of the ultimate truth. It is therefore no wonder that throughout Jewish history, we find that halachic decisors rule in accordance with their particular perspectives. This is not evidence of a political agenda corrupting the pristine halachic truth, but rather the proper workings of the halachic process. Everyone sees his aspect of the truth from his own perspective, and then... By combining all those aspects, in the later the later generations can achieve a holistic perspective that approaches the complete divine truth. And I think again, just something to walk away from, and it, maybe it's a lesson of Hanukkah, but it's really a lesson of life, is to recognize that life is complex, and we all have our own perspective. And just because we believe something with firm conviction, and we should have conviction, doesn't necessarily mean the other person is wrong. It could just mean they emphasize certain values or processes differently than we do.